the Winnipeg Jets have probably played themselves out of the playoff position for the last time this season. On tonight's episode of Locked on Jets, we're going to take a look at what went wrong against the Detroit Red Wings and what remains for the rest of the season and how the Jets can try and salvage something out of this, all coming up on tonight's Locked on Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. I am so sorry to disappoint you that if you were hoping for a Winnipeg win over Detroit to try and get back into the playoff race, uh, the Jets only met you with disappointment. I wish I had something really positive to say or some kind of positive spin, but the reality is Winnipeg kind of got embarrassed at home, and there's not really much to salvage for the rest of the year. Now, it's not completely doom and gloom. There are some optimistic spins, you might say, going forward, and we'll talk about how the Jets can try and make the most out of what is ostensibly a pretty bad situation. But before we get into tonight's episode, I just wanted to say thank you so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoyed your hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is 100% free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. If you're wondering who you are listening to, this is the voice of Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on my socials at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. Now, for the Jets, you know, this was a must-win game, a very desperate evening, and Winnipeg just fell very short. Now, I won't say that I, I felt the team was lazy or didn't try hard enough. I don't know that that's really the case, but uh, by the same token, tonight's effort just wasn't really getting it done. And, you know, with the players kind of where they are, and the team in the standings kind of starting to dip in form. Can I really blame the players for maybe not having the strongest outing and really feeling uh, the playoff push and buzz? Not entirely. I think that there are some guys who, you know, are are really fighting to try and make this as much of a, a run as possible. But unfortunately, so many parts of this team are fundamentally broken to the point where it doesn't matter how hard you work. The Jets just don't have enough to really push them over that proverbial ledge and get them to the promised land. And so for the Jets against the Red Wings, there were a couple of things that really stood out. One of the first really big problems with this team uh, ultimately came down to special teams. Um, Winnipeg did take a couple of penalties, and it wasn't like, you know, the Jets were uh, completely overwhelmed on the on the PK uh, in, in certain areas, but there were also PKs where the Jets... They basically just surrendered the slot and uh, Detroit had free reign over it. A number of times, Hellebuck had to basically scramble around in his net and make some jaw-dropping save to try and keep things as even as possible. And, you know, he maybe had some other jet skater in the net with him trying desperately to block the shot. Somehow the puck would roll wide and, you know, they might live to fight another day. But then, you know, the Jets would get a power play and on the first one that they got, they surrendered a shorthanded goal. Uh, this one from a very bad puck handle from Josh Morrissey at his own blue line or at the opposing blue line. That is uh, Dylan Larkin stripped him and they sped down the way for a beautifully countered shorthanded goal. 
not a great start. Not a great start indeed. And even though Mark Shifley was able to tie it up, um, it, it just wasn't really enough to where I was getting excited because, again, this is Detroit. And I think that's kind of pivotal to understand. If you're playing Detroit evenly, there's an issue with your team because the Red Wings had just come off of like a 50 shot attempt against game. Um, you know, they, they had to get bailed out by their goaltending uh, as much as humanly possible. And, you know, Detroit is just a bad team. They've really struggled this year. They're still very much in the rebuilding process. And so Winnipeg is thought to be like a playoff contender. And yet this team, I don't think, has shown us the measure of resolve or ability to actually compete at that level. And in this game, you know, the, the special teams were really poor. I thought that the finishing just wasn't really there. Some of that is definitely down to Thomas Grice being amazing in net. That is indisputable. The Jets did get a bit goalied, but by the same token, Hellebuck was, you know, goalieing Detroit at the other end of the ice. And yet, guess what? Detroit came out with a victory. So what gives? I think the special teams really were kind of the story of this game. You know, the, despite the amazing goaltending, the difference maker ended up being the Jets just not getting it done on the power play. It's really disappointing because I think Winnipeg had opportunities here to try and score a goal and maybe even put the pressure on Detroit but instead the Red Wings were the ones to really put the Jets behind the eight ball. And ultimately Winnipeg crumbled in some of the most important times of this game where there was still some measure of doubt as to who was going to win. And, you know, despite a spirited effort at times and Winnipeg creating some pretty dangerous chances, they also surrendered a lot. And I think that would be a point of concern going forward. Um, Winnipeg is just a, a bad team. I think, that's kind of the sum takeaway. If you look at where the Red Wings are and where the Jets are, developmentally speaking, they're not as dissimilar as I would like them to be. You know, Detroit certainly has a much less talented roster, but <laughs> I say that, but the Jets kind of got outplayed by them at times. So what does that even mean? You know, are the Jets really as, as good as they should be? Um, certainly as good as they are on paper, or does this team again continue to have motivation and tactical issues that keep it from being at its absolute best. In tonight's game, I don't think it was necessarily a lack of effort. Uh, there have been games where they just sort of checked out. I don't think that this was quite the same situation, but there were some specific choices and tactical alignments that didn't really work. And I think one of the most uh, annoying ones was bringing in Logan Stanley instead of Ili Heinola. Uh, you know, Detroit actually had a very fast counter game. I thought that their offensive cycles were pretty decent. And in a game like this, Vili Heinola's skating, uh, his vision, his first pass, uh, whether under pressure or not, all of these attributes make him a much better puck mover. And I think that that uh, the defense pairing that he would have been on, which might have been like Heinola Dillon or something, probably would have ended up working out a lot better than what we saw with uh, Stanley Dillon. Now, you know, there were some bright spots, and we'll talk about those later on in this episode. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out the wonderful folks at BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including this week's Master Championships odds, podcasts, and reviews for all of the different leagues this season. Whether you're into hockey, international, or domestic, you're into auto racing, maybe even equestrian sports, BetOnline.net has you covered with all of the great odds and news that you've come to expect. They are your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and live scores. To get started, head online to betonline.net 
on your desktop or mobile device to learn more about the hottest trends and action in your favorite sports and beyond. Bet online, where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are uh, talking about Winnipeg versus Detroit in what was a very disappointing game, not exactly one that I was super thrilled to be watching and suffering through like the rest of you, but we got through it. And I did have a number of takeaways as well as some thoughts on the future of this season. But uh, before we get ahead of ourselves, again, just wanted to say thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. While you're at it, I would highly recommend that you check out Locked On Now. It's one of our very awesome, very special programs where we take all of the most intense action from around all of your favorite sports and distill them into 60-second or less bite-sized clips so that you get all of the hottest information, updates, news, trades, rumors, and uh, game recaps in super condensed format that you can have at any time you want. Locked On Now is super awesome, and uh, you'll actually see some of our programs featured on some of those episodes pending the schedule of uh, games that are happening. And again, if you want to stay up to date on all of the news around the NHL, Locked On Now and Locked On NHL are the ways to go. Check them out and subscribe for free right now. As for the Jets, uh, disappointment, I, I, I could say, is probably one of the biggest feelings I have right now with this team. But, you know, surprise, no. I think we all kind of understood that what this team was this season was going to be flawed at best, maybe kind of terrible at worst. And I think we've seen more of the terrible side of them than the flawed but fun. Uh, and like, it's not like the Jets are necessarily boring like they were in previous years under Maurice, but, you know, this team has taken a step back in way too many categories. And I think, you know, un- unfortunately, the blame does fall on the coaching uh, coaching staff and the adjustments that they've made. I don't really feel that um, Lowry and the supporting staff have quite put the Jets uh, on the front foot in a lot of areas. And as much as I wish that they did, the reality is you're you're seeing more games like this one against Detroit, where thanks to some certain tactical decisions and stuff, Winnipeg got punished on every single mistake it made. I think one of the bigger problems with this team is that it often sees a player like Logan Stanley and you know imagines him to be like a really good shutdown defender. Um, Logan is not really that kind of profile of player. Uh, what you're getting with him is like a guy who's a guy, he's got a big shot. Uh, he's definitely a volume shooter. He slaps the puck really hard. He shoots frequently. He's a constant blue line bomber, but therein kind of lies the problem with his approach. He's almost so trigger happy that oftentimes I, I feel like there are better passing and shooting lanes that he actually doesn't see or gives up on too early because he wants to opt for the shot instead. Now, Point shots in the right circumstances can be very dangerous. We all know that deflections and stuff tend to be Winnipeg's kryptonite, and so they've tried to do that to other opponents. But generally speaking, shots from the blue line have really declined over the last decade. Um, it's just not really a sustainable, viable strategy when you know the opponent's slot is sitting right there in front of you, and you know you create so much more danger and repeatable danger at that if you drop into that low slot area and start to attack it consistently. So in what Stanley does and brings... I think it fundamentally goes against what the Jets should be looking for. Uh, And that sort of philosophical issue kind of broadly expands out to the rest of the team. There are often preferences for players and positions or lines that don't really make uh, a lot of sense. You know, Jansen Harkins, for all of the skill that he has, unfortunately has struggled to put it together for like a full 60 minutes. And so oftentimes he'll get bumped up the lineup, but he kind of struggles to keep up with some of the elite talent 
I feel like Mark Shifley might be one of the few guys that he does kind of click along with, but you know, if he's off that line, if he's not with like some superstar player who can elevate anyone, Harkins kind of gets lost in the mixture of other forwards. And yet he is often one who gets promoted pretty frequently while a guy like Evgeny Svechnikov gets demoted to the fourth line. This I don't really understand because Vetch, I feel, has been one of Winnipeg's better performers this year. It's not like he's like some top six game-breaking forward, but I think when it comes to like chemistry on his lines, um, how the line construction kind of creates these new attacking styles and stuff, and what Zvech can bring to a unit, especially defensively, I just don't understand why he is one of those guys who gets demoted. Same with Vili Heinola. I, I understand that both are young. Uh, Zvech is kind of an outsider, and Heinola is a bit of an outsider himself, uh, especially as a young 21-year-old with almost no NHL experience. And so it can be natural to prefer a veteran, somebody that you feel is trustworthy, strong, reliable. And if Logan Stanley was all of those things, I would feel differently. I wouldn't be upset with guys like Heinola maybe giving way to a, a player like Stanley if Logan was a really reliable third-pairing guy and somebody who could also do PK minutes. But the reality is Logan just isn't that player at all. Uh, oftentimes people kind of come back and say, well, he's really big and really strong. And those two things are technically true. The problem with size for size sake is that if you're tall, uh, one of the things that does kind of happen, especially as the game continues to get really fast and feature even smaller skaters, is you need really good predictive ability. You also need to understand spacing and have really high awareness of your situation because uh, you can't react. If somebody gets the inside step on you, they're already gone. And Stanley in particular has something with a slower uh, acceleration and top end gear, especially in the track back. So if he's caught chasing somebody, they're probably just winning the foot race and scoring. That's um, the unfortunate reality. And it's very fortunate that Connor Hellebuck is our goalie because I think most other keepers probably would surrender some of the chances that Stanley and the rest of the defense have coughed up. So props to Helly. Uh, he, he's had a pretty good season this year. Uh, unfortunately, it won't be enough to carry the Jets to the postseason and beyond. But um, I think Hellebuck kind of puts up with a lot with this team. And I, I really can't fault him despite having a bit of a downturn in form. I think overall the season's still been very good for him. And if anything, I just kind of look at the rest of the team and I have a lot of questions long-term about it. Uh, but of course, one of the biggest questions is given that the season's probably over, what is the best use of time for the Jets? And I've got a couple of, di uh, I've got a couple of ideas that I want to talk about in just a little bit. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked on Winnipeg Jets. We are uh, talking about some closing thoughts on uh, Winnipeg versus Detroit, which, like I spoiled at the start of this episode, was a bit of a sad game. Not exactly what I was hoping to watch with this team, but not surprised either. I mean, the Jets are the Jets. They're not going to suddenly change form and become a chameleon because I demand that they suddenly play better hockey. That's probably not happening. Um, even though they have given, a, given us some really good games this year, it's certainly been in uh, limited and not exactly consistent doses. So for the Jets in the rest of the year, uh, figuring that the playoffs are a distant memory now and they don't really have a way of climbing into them, I think that there are some things that would be a productive use of time. Uh, one thing I would like to figure out is if Vili Heinola really is an NHL regular with this team or if he needs to be traded. I hate to say it like this, but uh, he's 21. 
if you're 21 years of age, you haven't made the NHL, uh, and, and certainly it's not because you lack ability, then there's an issue, right? Whether it's on the coaching staff, Villy's own personality or something that we're not seeing, uh, locker room interactions, again, that might be behind the scenes. Um, whatever the case is, it's just, you know, it, it's a waste of talent. And if Heinle is not going to get playing time here, he needs to get it somewhere, whether it's with another team or maybe even the Manitoba Moose. But I really don't want him going back to the AHL. I think, you know, I think he probably is too far beyond that at this point. Uh, the AHL game is different enough fundamentally to where it's not really that great of a developmental league, especially when it comes to like tactical approaches and stuff. Uh, Heinle needs to get the timing and spacing and NHL reps to really familiarize himself with how the Jets are playing and how he fits in. So if they're not planning to give him a spot, what are you going to do? Trade him? I mean, that feels like the only option because you can't just keep benching him. And the Jets have a lot of organizational needs. Now, uh, for me, trading Heinola uh, right now especially would be a massive mistake. I see no value in that. I don't really think the Jets would get enough of a return to make it worth it. So I'd prefer Winnipeg try and find a way to make him work because uh, if Vili actually does pan out the way we expect him to, he could be a really great top four defender for a long time. The other thing that I think would be worth checking out is um, whether or not Mark Morrison might be ready for a bigger role with this team. Now, it's not going to happen this se- uh, this season because Dave Lowry does have until the end of the year uh, as the interim coach, but also, you know, the Moose are primed for a much deeper playoff run. They might actually have a shot at the Calder Cup. They have some, you know, some serious weaknesses, especially in goal, but the Moose in general seem to be very offensively prolific with a well-balanced defense, uh, so long as the Jets stop calling them up. And so, you know, Morrison might be a guy who in the offseason gets a longer look, but for now probably stays with Manitoba until they're ready to really evaluate his uh, tool sets and what he can bring. Um, the other thing that I, I kind of wonder with this team and, and making a good use of time is what other prospects the Jets could potentially try and ice. They put in uh, Morgan Barron on the third and fourth lines at times, um, almost immediately as soon as he joined. He's gotten some NHL reps with the Jets. He looks okay, I guess. Haven't really noticed a lot from him, but I wouldn't mind that more so than playing guys like Sanford. Uh, as much as I think Sanford can be a valuable uh, defensive component for a team, it's just not the Jets. Um, and especially with the way that the team seems to view him. I mean, he was playing with like, uh, might have been Mark Shifley or something at one point, which I don't really understand. It's not a great congruency of skill sets, um, and certainly they don't complement each other all that well. So, yeah, um, this team's in a weird spot. This season is lost, but again, I think if you start to evaluate your prospects, you start planning ahead for what future moves you might have to make, especially with Shifley, and you could probably come out on this, on you know, or like on the other side of this whole debacle, looking you know none the worse for wear. I wouldn't say though that the Jets are going to get Scott away free. I think they're always going to have issues that kind of rear up with some of the decisions that they have made over the past few years. Uh, Wheeler's contract continues to be a bit of a boat anchor, but at least um, Blake is still having fun and creating some really good, great goals. So what can you say at this point? I mean, there's not really much there to uh, fuss over. What's done is done. Uh, and the Jets just kind of have to live with that for however long he wants to play out his contract. Uh, I guess the last thing I, I sort of have a thought on is, for me, this year was very disappointing. I, I was hoping for more than what we got. And, you know, the players not really performing up to standard. The coaching staff's showing us that they're also not really there either. 
it's not a great time for Winnipeg. And so this summer is probably one of the most important ever. I know we say that every year. This time, though, I think for real, it's it's it'll decide the future of this franchise and whether or not the Jets can finally pull themselves out of the shadow of better teams. I hate to put it in such blunt terms, but that's kind of where the Jets are. And unless something drastically changes, I I don't know that it's going to happen any other way. But, you know, if the Jets kind of put two and two together and finally start to maybe even win some games and show us some real potential as a decent squad uh, for next season, maybe I'll give them a little bit more benefit of the doubt and start thinking about, you know, even acquisitions or something for next year. But, uh, you know, for the, the sake of this podcast and tonight, I'm just going to throw my hands up and say I'm just disappointed. Uh, I really hoped for more, and to see them lose to teams like Detroit and Arizona, it's it's disheartening. I was hoping for a strong season, and what we got was kind of the opposite. But I'd be curious to know how you feel. Did the Jets live up to your expectations? Were they not so good? Be sure to let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. Also, be sure to make your second listen locked on fantasy hockey. Hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your favorite podcast media, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go!